And good Monday to you and welcome inside the Property Squad studios of WKVL and Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner as we grind it out here on a Monday edition. Uh, Boone, welcome in. It's always fun to have you in here. And and you know what? Another weekend has come and gone. <laughs> I swear, the quickest, if you ever want some time to fly, just, just assume it's Saturday and Sunday and it'll scream right on by. Yeah, and having the... Unfortunately, time off from work will make it fly. Yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm about project out. I'll be honest with you. I uh, you know I, I've done um, a lot of yard work, done a lot of, you know more. I'm not a yard man. Like I don't I don't consider myself. I want my yard to look good. I want to kind of not embarrass the neighbors, kind of thing. But then at the same point, I'm like, there was these people out there like going to town. I mean, like ripping grass up, putting new grass down. I'm like. That's that's a little more than I was interested in right there, but uh, felt like you had to uh, meet their pace. New, new, new. No, it's kind of one of those. You know, it, it's kind of like going to a, to a football game. Like if you go if you go to to a, just a run of the mill high school game, you can be like, you know, that's probably what I look like. You know, back in the day, that's where I was. You might even in in the Boone realm because Boone was big time back in the day. Uh, if you go to college, you might be able to say that's that's me. That's where I was right there. But these cats were—I mean, they were full blown. Got the trailer, got the sod on the trailer. I'm like, yep, they're out of my league. It they was, probably rested up and had all that energy going. Also, I think honestly, Boone, I, I think these guys do this on the on the daily. I think that's their day job. So they they uh, you know what I'm saying? They've kind of put this thing together, and now they've got the time to do it. And they knocked it out, but no, it's it's always fun because and, and you know we live in a community that we can stay six foot apart, but we can still get out and do a little something something. You know, like uh, last couple of days, uh, Jackson's went from uh, having a hard time getting started uh, on the pedals himself uh, to flying on some training wheels, and then one of his school buddies said, uh, "Why you still got them training wheels on?" And uh, yesterday, Jackson took the training wheels off, so uh, we we kind of made our way. Funny you should mention that. I remember the the very day I, I went down that road. It's uh it's funny because you don't want to let him go because you're like, man, if he falls, it's gonna be a bad day. Elbows and, and knees. And I'm uh, I'm not gonna say that he's like ready for BMX or anything, but I'll tell you that he is uh he is going in a straight line really good. <laughs> we can get him going. Uh, he's gonna be just good. He, a little wobbly. He's uh, and then Neyland, of course, right there behind him. Once he wants his w- training wheels off, I'm like, no, buddy, you're you're a little you're a little away from that time. But he he's got his little Lightning McQueen bicycle, and he just wears it out. Hey, it's hard being two years behind, which was my deal. You're there, you're witnessing it. It's the same time, and your mind just clicks, and it doesn't say, "Oh, I'm a I'm on a two year delay program." <laughs> it, it's tough waiting two years. I'm right there with him. I hear you, but uh, but Boone, what'd you what'd you do over the weekend? Did you have a good weekend? I did. Um, I'm exploring uh, TV. Uh, Cherokee Boulevard uh, is a famous place downtown Knoxville. Ah, the tulips, the the spring. Oh, it's beautiful. It's right there on the the river where all the boats come up, and you see it. Uh, you're driving down Alcohol Highway. You look across from it. I've been uh, taking my dog there, and she's found at least ten or fifteen little spots that did not have the uh, 
the piper there, and, and she planted some piper there over. <laughs> and uh, I've been catching up on movies a little bit, Wayne. No, uh, I hate to say it, and this is probably like the sixth or seventh time, but I watched a little Tombstone. Yeah, that'd be good. Doc Holliday, God, that's who was it that did him? Uh, Val Kilmer. That possibly is the best Val Kilmer role I've ever seen. And it, there was a part. It's funny how you kind of you see it, and you notice little parts you never seen before. But I'll just say Doc's woman. That that is a kind way of putting it. She said, "I'm a good woman, ain't I, Doc? I'm good to you." <laughs> and in that classic uh, Kilmer. Uh, dialect he said truly you are a good woman then again you may be the antichrist <laughs> and i just i thought man how did i miss this before that is so funny all right classic but uh a little exercise a little walking around and um i read uh well, you know there's 1297 counties in the nation that have zero cases of course you can guess where they are right yeah i mean they're up in the hills yeah, the boondocks, but uh, that's pretty. That's pretty neat that you're uh, practicing social distancing daily. As a that's that's your two four seven three six five. Isn't isn't that something? Got to get there. Got to get there. But uh, I will say, you know, talking about you, you talked about Piper uh, last week. Sometime we we got my my dog Chase, and by the way, it's not from Paw Patrol. My little boys think that we named him from Paw Patrol, but it's really, truly really Chase Elliott. We were going to name him Admiral after after the Admiral Schofield, uh, but my five year old at the point couldn't say it was four at the time. He couldn't say it, so I was like, I can't really do that to him. He was like Admiral, <laughs> and I was like, I'm not going to do that to him. So anyway, his name is Chase after Chase Elliott because that was a you know that's a big take on uh, on NASCAR there. But you uh, was talking about we got him. Um, groomed there uh last week and it was a pre-scheduled thing and you know we we expected her to call our groomer and say you know hey we're we're not gonna do this and you know we're closing down but she never did and then honestly she called us and said hey are you still planning on bringing chase by and we're like well sure because it's it's down the road you know we don't like have to go into a big group of people she does it at her house what have you uh and so he got done up uh Done up there last week, got his little beard trimmed down, and, and he's just suave looking. Well, then we took him to Lowe's. We took him to Lowe's because the table had to get the glass tops cut, yada, yada. And uh, and he was like, he was the reason that everybody social distanced <laughs> because he wasn't barking, but it, he was in the buggy, and the boys, we got one of those like Jimmy Johnson race car buggies and because uh, they think they're racing. And uh, it's funny, though, Neelan about can't fit in the thing anymore. But, uh, you know, we're sitting there, and they're, they're cruising right along. And anybody would come, like, kind of aggressively towards the buggy to pet him, he'd go, well. And I went, all right. But he never would offer to bark, or he wouldn't show teeth or anything like that. But he, he was letting people know, like, hey, this social distancing is weird. But have you seen anything, like, in your travels uh, that, that are – I'm not going to say unnecessary because I think in times that we're in, nothing is unnecessary. But have you seen anything funny over the over the the last few days? Like that's just like, well, there's an attempt at trying to trying to make this thing better. Uh done a lot of walking outside. You, you not really funny. Just 
Have Pe- you seen people anybody? normally will like kind of nod at you and smile mm. and uh, they just chuck, tuck and go. Right. I think they're thinking if if I don't do the small talk, I can actually keep going, and I don't take it personal. That's fine. So I haven't seen anything personally because again, you know, we're in East Tennessee, Southern Grace. The the whole, you know, we do things a little bit more uh, discreetly. But if I've watched Facebook and there's been pictures of. Uh, People at like Walmart, and you know, there's a shortage on the on the mask. You know what I'm saying? There's a shortage, and uh, but they've had people with like scuba mask on. They've had people with uh, y- you know, all kinds of like coverings of the face. And then there was one guy. I thought this was pretty, pretty. I mean, take what you got and use it. Social distancing. He had a tape measure, and he had that boy pushed out six feet. And he just everywhere he turned, it was gonna it was gonna be six feet out in front of him, and he was like hitting people and and stuff like that. It was funny. So he was determined to keep the six foot distance. He was gonna do it. He was gonna do it, or they were gonna get hit by a, by his uh, tape measure. Have you seen what they've done at Lowe's? The uh, the barriers. Oh, the plexiglass. Yeah, yeah. I went back in there. Uh, my little Babe Ruth collection thing. The glass got broken, and after learning exactly where to go and who to see yeah that's a little plexiglass i mean you're still seeing everyone there and it's gonna stop those germs for sure i hope so i hope so because uh state of tennessee is is somewhat exploded uh over the last week you know you look at it maybe one week ago today i think we were at 500 and something cases we're up to 1500 cases now uh, and, and and like I told Laura, I was like, I, I don't know how to take those numbers just because of the incubation period of this of this disease. They had this thing five day five days ago. If they're positive today, they had it five days ago. So what I'm saying is, is uh, I I don't know that we necessarily know when the curve is going to turn because the incubation period of this thing is is so long. So I think we've got to you know we've kind of got to ride that portion out and, and see what we're at. But I, I think you. You've seen uh, a, a decrease in the in, in the effects of things. Uh, you, you know, as far as um, people are doing things, there there are counties that are that are kind of closing up shop and doing those, and that has drastically reduced the number of of just rampant cases. I'm not saying that it's not adding to the total, because like I said, it's going to take a minute to get some of these measures in place because. Like Knox County, for instance, they just did the uh, the the stay at home deal uh, about four days ago, four or five days ago. So in that, there's going to be people that were affected and will be confirmed that had it before that order came down. So I think we're 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 still in the the proving ground of that of that order. But uh, you know, I, I expect it to to broaden uh, versus narrow. I think I think Blunt County is going to follow suit at some point, and I think we'll continue. Uh, to do our due diligence here and, and, and in our county. The thing I've noticed, Wayne, is you really have to work to keep informed. And what you see and learn and, and truly know, you, you just learn it and you say, well, this is evolving. But I, I found something out that really kind of put it in place for me. Um, you were speaking earlier about Tennessee, and, and, of course, we keep up with Blunt County numbers, but the U.S., has 140,000 known cases now. And we have finally learned, Wayne, that every five days, you're better at math than I am. Didn't you graduate magna cum laude? I did, but it wasn't in math. (laughs) Oh, I don't believe that for a minute. 
every five days the virus will double. I'm going to say Monday, but it was late last night. I know, let's say March 30th, it was 140,000 cases. All right, now you're, you're going to help me here with the double part, right? Friday, April the 4th, unless we make some major discoveries with vaccinations, the, the key is to test. Test as many times as you can and get ahead of it and start hitting that curve. How many uh, will we have Friday the 4th? You're saying it doubles every five days? Right. So that would be 10 days from now? It'd be uh, five. So 140,000. I've lost a whole week, Boone. Where we were off work, I swear, I thought, wow. Hey, it just. It happens. So but, five but, days but those from end now. Tables that, so where we're at now? Friday, it's going to be two. This is an easy one, lucky. Friday, it's going to be 280,000 people. Wednesday the 9th. 560,000 people and that's half that's over half a million it's the u.s death toll is now 2,000 it's doubled in two days the problem is the the panic the fear and everyone's just assuming that it just starts going a million miles an hour and it's never stopped but the only reason it's going really fast we know is people are we're really slow coming around to, and, and getting away from what I call just downright selfishness. Well, well, just ignoring it. I mean, and, and here's the thing. I, I don't want to necessarily bash anybody for doing what they're doing because here's the thing. Did you do anything different for H1N1? Legitimately different. Did you stop going anywhere for H1N1? Did you? No. Maybe Maybe you did. I did not. Uh, for Zika, did you do anything different? Not drastically. So those are worldwide pandemics as well. They just didn't hit us as, as quick, and they were able to get their hands on a vaccine quickly. And, and, and we turned the curve. So in my opinion, that's where, that's where the juice came from, all those young people that said, if I get it, I get it, because they just assumed that we're going we're gonna to figure this thing out in a few days. We're going to throw a lot of money at it. I think I even made that comment. Present behavior based on past behavior. Yeah, well, past results based on past results. But I think, you know, we got lulled to sleep by the, the, the confidence in our, in our scientists and our healthcare system that we're going to get it done. And I'm not going to say that by the end of this week we don't have it done. But I think, honestly, Boone, by not this upcoming Friday, but next Friday, we'll know if our if we're really taking this thing serious and our staying at home or or attempt to push that is doing anything because the incubation period will kind of start to close out and we're going to see do we still have new cases? Do we still have that grand total, or are we starting to flatten the curve? I think we'll know uh, by this upcoming weekend into next week. But uh, Boone, you talked about the death toll doubling. Uh, in in two days, did you did you see who is probably I, I don't want to say the most important because that's not what I'm saying, but the probably the most recognizable name that was lost uh, by by um, what's what's it called COVID nineteen yeah COVID nineteen. I heard a couple, and I'll bet you mine are different from yours. I'm old school. I actually remember now John Prine. I heard he was. Did he pass away? No, but I I have heard through. Very dependable sources. He's been in really bad shape for a year, and I heard late last night that he had it. And that scares me to death that he had it. Now, Joe Biffle, 
Joe Diffie. Or <laughs> I that think, is that's Joe Diffie and Greg Biffle if you put those together. But the, what I'm trying to say is prop me up by the jukebox when I die. Yeah. Well, we're going we're gonna have to figure that out. Yeah. And, that's, and and the thing is, is Joe Diffie was 61. I mean, you you look you put that in perspective. My father-in-law 67. I mean, Boone, you're you're what 63. I have a 10. Per, if I catch this, I have a 10 percent chance of uh, you having the prop me up by the jukebox well i'll tell you this you're wearing that grind t-shirt that, that just came out i mean that that ups your percentages right there i'm just joking but I, i'm just but we're gonna do everything we got lysol wipes we got lysol spray boone boone sprays underneath his tongue before he leaves every day uh it's it's gonna be fine did you know brother joe had 20 number one country hits i know he was the man in the 90s he was uh, all, all those really good songs you're like oh man he did that one and he, that one he and did that john deere green Oh, like that's a great one. That's a monster one. But uh, but anyway, it, it's it's becoming that scenario. Like I saw a meme the other day that said we're gonna have to we're gonna have to lock up Betty White. We're gonna have to do all these things uh, to these great people. But in my book, in my book, Joe Diffie is is just one of the two thousand. You know what I'm saying? He, it's not a bigger one than anyone else, and, and we got to treat it that way. We've got to act like that. I hate that that it had to be that public, you know, that that we had to see that. And and I'm hoping, I'm hoping that it's not in vain. You know what I'm saying? I'm hoping that that this goes. Whoa, people with money can die from this thing too, because a lot of people have said, and not that 61's young, spring chicken. But but a lot of people said, oh well, you've got to be sick anyway. You, you've got to be sick before. It's 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 mostly older people. Well, I know of of and again, there's two thousand deaths, so there's all the gamut. There's young people. There's what have you. But there was Laura looked at at one point when it was under a thousand deaths that there was near a hundred thirty to thirty two to forty five year olds, and that that resonated with Laura and I because that's our age. That's that's kids or that's people that probably have kids that are not going to see them grow up. That's that's people who who are probably well in their way to t- you know fifteen years from retirement or or ten years from retirement if they've done things the right way, you know, and that's gone. And, and so I think that's where we've got to get to. I mean, I think we've we've done our due diligence and, and Knox County's doing their thing and shutting things down and. And I'll tell you, Laura and I have done a, a really, I think, a really good job uh, of keeping the, the, the boys at home. And, you know, we, we, I mean, we're doing it all. I mean, we're changing clothes before we go in the house. We're sanitizing at the store. We're, I mean, heck, we sanitize our steering wheel because, you know, there's just, we're touching things in different, you know, we're touching things when we don't think we're touching things. So we're, we're trying to sanitize to the max and we're trying to stay at home. Like our, our outing yesterday you know what it was, Boone? We drove towards Townsend. We went up and did a little tiny loop at the the Foothills Parkway. You know why? Because we could do it with the family time. We safe. could do it with the windows down, and it was safe. You know, and, and and the thing is, is we've learned. I when I was at Walmart the other day, I went through the little clearance section because again, with five and seven year old boys, things got to get fresh every now and again, or or they'll drive you crazy. I bought a flag football set for five dollars. An eight man said, and you would you would have thought I'd have bought them two gold bars apiece, because we're just having a good old time. And, and you know that that whole sparrow conversation that I talked about is is not a care in the world because they're taken care of. 
My little boys have yet to go, well, Dad, we can't do that because of the virus. If you will really look closely, Wayno, at this situation, you will see a lot of good things coming out of it. 135,000 people have already beat the disease. I mean, that, that's that worldwide. Yeah. That's something to go on. And a big problem is this N95 mask. Well, I mean, you look at old Marcus Smart, you know, for the, for the Celtics. He's already had it and is cleared to return to the team. So, I mean, there's cases. And, again, I think professional athletes are going to be as in great as, of health as you can get. But what I'm saying is is it's beatable. You, you just you, you can't say long gone needs to be the days of, <clears throat> oh, it's fine. It's probably just allergies. Or, you know, you're, you're running a fever. Well, well, but it is hot outside. You, you know what I'm saying? Go test. Blunt Memorial has an outside testing area. You know what I'm saying? That's the that's the key. To beat it, you got to know you got it. And I think that's going to be the big thing going forward, Boone. And, and you know, we kind of – I swear our first segments over the last couple of weeks have really taken on this uh, – this public service announcement kind but of it, level. It, but it changes so rapidly. I mean, you have to keep up with it. Or you're going to be a, a victim of disinformation. Well, and I think you got to know. Uh, part of the biggest way to, to get in there is, is to know what, you, what you're going up against. But, Boone, let's, uh, let's take a break. Let's, uh, let's remember uh, that, that this thing is beatable. Uh, like you said, over 130,000 have defeated this disease, and we just got to get that number up and get the number of infected down. But we'll, uh, we'll, we'll try to do that, do our part, and, again, get out there, uh, wash your hands, stay at home. And, and really, that's, that's the, it, it's kind of suffocating this disease by not allowing it to spread. So that's what you got to do, and that's what we're going to kind of keep pushing uh, right here. But let's take a break, listen to these fine sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk about the newest baller ball, EJ Anasicki, uh, how he has moved into – uh, Tennessee, what that means for a legacy guy, sister played for the Lady Vols, and how this starting five could look with EJ on the team. We'll talk it all on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be right back. Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. At the Blood Partnership, we're working to keep people safe and informed about the recent outbreak of COVID-19, the coronavirus. We know that as members of the community, businesses are experiencing unexpected challenges, and we're committed to providing as much support as possible. Find business and community information on our website at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work? Or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. 
They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Whitlock & Company Certified Public Accountants features accounting services for individuals and businesses. Serving Blount County for over 30 years, everything from income tax preparation services to personalized accounting plans for small businesses and large corporations with over 100 employees for a full range of accounting services, including payroll processing, bookkeeping, individual and business tax returns, compilation, review, and assurance services. It's Whitlock & Company, PC, 375 Fountain View Circle in Alcoa, Tennessee, 37701. Phone 865-984-1040 or 865-981-9638 or visit Whitlock & Company online at whitlockcpa.com. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Got something you're grinding on? Give us a call at 865-983-4310. Now back to the grind with host Wayne Kaiser. 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner as we grind it out here on a Monday edition. Boone, we uh, we jump into sports here. Novel idea. Uh, as we talk a little Tennessee basketball, transfer forward EJ Anasicki has moved on from Sacred Heart and will be a Tennessee volunteer in the 2020-2021 basketball season. He gets, a, he gets to be a part of a, a pretty strong basketball team already. He's a fifth-year guy, so he'll uh, he'll have one year of eligibility left in Knoxville. Uh, he'll choose to play it in Knoxville. Uh, but he's going to join a, a pretty heavy team. But uh, let's start with him. E.J. Anasicki, brother of Nikki Anasicki. I'll be honest, I didn't know much of him a week ago. Uh, I got dug in when, when this kind of dropped that, that he was committing uh, on, I, I think it was it Thursday or Friday. I think it was Friday. Friday, Friday at noon, yeah. And uh and so I'm like, you know, that's a pretty cool fit. You know, or his sister won a couple national championships. There's pictures of him at Lady Vols games with Tennessee gear on, and I'm like, you know, she she loved her time here. Why would he not like to be here? And so when he committed, I'm like, okay, you know, one of the more sought after transfers of the offseason, he played at Sacred Heart, averaged near sixteen points a game, near twelve rebounds a game. He he announced over that he was coming to Tennessee over teams like Georgetown, Louisville, Gonzaga, etc. 
Boone, is this is this one of the bigger gets, especially grad transfer gets of the uh, of the Rick Barnes era? Well, the actual truth is we'll have to wait, but I'm going to go ahead and jump out there. Um, I mean, I think it was it's the one of the bigger in country gets. I mean, I think some of his international players have, of course, played off like Eve Ponds. You know, it's hard to say he's not a really good one when he's Defensive Player of the Year. You know, it's exciting. It's I mean, I got two words for you that are really exciting, Wayno. He's eligible, you ready? Immediately. Eligible immediately. That's a plus from last year when we were waiting. And we got to get the guys in the 1st of October. That's when our growth gets there. And uh, I'm excited. His quote was, I can't wait to get in here and start with the family. So the recruiting process uh, really worked on him. And uh, he's he's really bought into it. He's made a lot of good friends. It looks like like we're gonna see if he can be. He's six seven two forty five, which is is eerily similar uh, to a guy by the name of Jarnell Stokes. Uh, it's a it's a big man that's got a little post presence, and that's what it says. His it will be his forte is a little bit more inside game. Which honestly, with the Springers and the Johnsons and the and, and the the Josiah James and and all the guys coming back next year. I think that's where you need the help. You know, Euros is going to be down low. I think you, you could probably roll Eve Ponds if he comes back uh, for, for some of that down low drive presence. But to have EJ on one side and maybe John Fulkerson on the other, a little little dump off left and right, I mean, that's, that's a dynamic play right there. There's something truly amazing about what I call a wide body way, no, whether it be the offensive lineman. I mean, if you've got a low center of gravity and a really wide body, like Charles Barkley, the round mound of rebound. <laughs> Folky does not have that strong, wide body, and he got pushed around some, but he got better. I don't think EJ is going to get pushed around too much. Well, it, you know, I, I don't think so either. I think he's he's a guy, you look at it, at a lot of the, the images that you see, and it's, it's him backing somebody down. It's him being able to score and, you, you know, kind of off the – off the jump a little bit and, and being able to do what he has to do to get physical down low and, and score the basketball. And, and we'll see. We'll see how he, he rolls into that because I think John Fulkerson, this is this is what I love about this team coming up this year because uh, I'm really excited about it. They've got us top 25 already. Well, I heard they had us like top 12. Ooh. Like I saw 12. But uh, And I don't know that we're there yet. I think you got to – you know, just because the pieces of the puzzle are available – the puzzle ain't together yet. You know what I'm saying? So uh, you, some people would argue that this EJ Anasicki pickup is, is as big as the two five stars because it adds instant knowledge. It adds instant uh, leadership, you know, from a senior, a guy that's on his last year. You know, it, it's just like a, a grad transfer quarterback. Uh, yeah, he's new to the team, but he's not new to the position. So he, he, he knows the floor. He's played at the college level for three or four years. So we'll see what goes. Now, SEC basketball is a little different than the Northeastern Conference. But I will say I think there's going to be a sense of purpose there. I think it's going to be interesting to have the dynamic uh, of this team, what we're going to have coming in. Because if you look at it, I, I don't know I don't know what, what the starting five looks like. I, I don't think E.J. Anasicki comes in not to start. So I think you look at it, and I think it's Fulkerson. I think it's, it's Anasicki. I think it's Josiah James. I think it's uh, uh, Eve Ponds. And I think it's one of them freshmen. I think it's Springer or Johnson. You think uh, 
Santiago's coming off the bench for support? Well, I think it can it can be fluid. I think you could probably probably start Santiago off the jump. But the problem is, is I think that you you know they're going to have to build early on. They're going to have to build these freshmen into understanding what college basketball is and not let them learn in conference play. So I think early on you'll see the young people start more than Santiago because Santiago has the experience. I'm going to say Anasaki has something. Anasiki. Sound like a we're Jap- getting, Japanese. I'm, I'm way over there in a Japanese wine, but here's what I like. He averages the double-double in points and rebounds. Do you remember when uh, Coach Barnes was trying his best to get Grant challenging him to get average 10 rebounds? That is going to be huge Now, if he'll keep it up. I think he starts Santiago simply because Triple J was a five-star recruit, and it took him a longer learning curve to really get to what Rick Barnes expected out of him. I think these other two, uh, Keon Johnson and Jaden Springer, I think even though they're five stars, they're going to have to show Coach Barnes that they're going to have to earn the time, do the little things, and uh, Lord willing, early in October, if they buy into it and get on them quick, they'll get in the rotation a lot quicker, but he's going to make them earn playing time. I'm going to say Santiago starts – but uh, I'm going to be honest with him. I love the guy, but if he if he turns over a lot. Well, if he can't pick up the defense, that's where he, he's got to make some big strides. But I'm not going to say that this team can't go nine deep, though. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. You look at – you look, you got those two two freshmen coming off the bench. You got Urosh coming off the bench. And you got Akumwa, Olivier Akumwa. I swear he'll make a big jump. And I haven't even mentioned ten deep. Who's the freshman we know Devontae. that's a lockdown on defense? We're just in love with. Yeah, Devontae Gaines. I didn't even put him in there. No, there's another one uh, of these two. It's either Springer or Johnson. They love his defensive ability. Oh, I'm, and then we got the dual threat player. You remember the guy that uh, – Oh, yeah, the football. The football uh, basketball guy. What's his name? Starts with a B, but I can't think of it right now. But what I'm getting at is, 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 is unlike this year where we exhausted – NBA talent. We put Grant in the league. We put Admiral in the league. We put Bone in the league. And then we we had Kyle Alexander make the cut. Here's the deal. I don't know that in Tennessee basketball history we've reloaded that quick. And I'm not going to say that you you go ahead and mark us in for a Final Four appearance or you you even look at us uh, as winning the Southeastern Conference. But I'm going to tell you we're going to be a tough out. We're going to have a lot of young players. Fulkerson and Eve Ponds being two seniors. The only two seniors on this team, and, and a lot of young uh, young freshmen turned sophomores. Uh, this is going to be a team that's fun to watch, and and I think uh, you know as you saw us uh, kind of make a push there late in the season. This is going to be a team uh, that doesn't care to lose. They don't like that feeling, and uh, and they unfortunately got to experience it quite a bit this year. But uh, I think with the addition of Anasiki, I think uh, that, that not not that it we needed per se, uh, you know, a whole lot of depth because it looks like the, the cupboard's not bare. But I think when you can inject a, a player like that, then it, it puts fluidity with everybody else because then guys can come in and be specialists. You know, I think long gone are the days of uh, – you remember when Skylar McBee, all he did was go to the corner and wait on it. Yeah. He, he was a he was a East Tennessee Ray Allen. Well, yeah, he was, the, guy, just, the guy with the, what I call the, the long bangs. and Oh, he had the stash. He was from Granger County. Did you know that? 
tomato tomato county capitals of the world you know who else was from let's see let's see if you know it who was the other tennessee basketball great from granger county uh nickname r and r also the rutledge rifle oh throw me one more clue his his name is two letters his first name is two letters aj davis well you're real close A.W. Davis. Okay. A.J. Davis plays for the Rebels. <laughs> but uh, A.W. Davis, yeah. So the uh, reason I say that is when I, I used to do Granger County sports. The rifle. There was a, uh, I think they call it was either, was it the Rutledge Rocket or Rutledge? I think it was a Rutledge Rifle. Yeah. And then I think. They, I was just thinking what a great opportunity would be to have someone call you the rifle. The rifle, yeah. Like, hey, what's up, rifle? So we've had the sheriff. And the rifle. Sure enough. Hey, Wayne, here's what we need. we got to come in here with an attitude. I mean, we left so much. I'll give you an example. This basketball team, here's what they need. Michael Jordan missed 9,000 shots. And I'm willing to say, if we walked in here and I said, Wayne, tell me how many people in the last 15 years wanted to tell you that Michael Jordan missed 9,000 shots. You're probably going to tell me zero. Everybody does not talk about that. They talk about his six world titles. They'll talk about Shaq missing 5,000 free throws. Yeah. Yeah, they would do that. Because he did. Uh, you remember Kobe's big game when, when it was just obvious he was going to score 60, 70, 80 points. Not many people noticed, but after about four minutes into it, he had taken about 16 shots, and he'd hit probably two of them. But he didn't let that slow him down. The point I'm making is gold medals are not made of gold. They're made of three things, and this is what I want these Tennessee players coming in to think about. They're made of sweat, determination, and the third thing is an impossible alloy that you just can't find anywhere, and you spell this special alloy, G-U-T-S. Guts. That's what I want, and I want them to have this in mind, too. Vince Lombardi, God, what a, what a motivator, world-class motivator. His players would come up so short, and he would corner them there and line them all up, and he would say, in a few hours, we're all going to be back here on the football field. You will be on the field with one of two things totally engulfing your mind and your body and your spirit. It's either going to be the reasons that you're going to win or the excuses that you're going to fail. Think about it, men. Get out of here. He didn't play around. I want us to get that attitude, the guts, the want to – don't even think about where we're ranked in the top 25, but don't you agree that we we just we had so many opportunities that we came so close to? Yeah, and I think we just had too many learning points. You know, it's one thing to replace a guard, but you've got senior leadership some other places. It's it's easier to, to replace a post player when you got some shooters outside that you can work on. But the the problem was is this was a complete gut job, and it was just timing. It was It was opportunity. It was a lot of things. Grant had to go, or not Grant, uh, Admiral had to go. Kyle had to go. They were seniors, so you kind of planned on their exits. But then when Bone and Grant left, it, it was it was amazing. Because, I mean, think about what this team could have been with, with Bone and Grant still on it as seniors. I mean, this could have been a really good basketball team. So some of it's circumstantial, but then some of it is you got to get better. And, and I think, you know, if you look at the, the escalation of a Rick Barnes point guard, from year one to year two, look at look at Jordan Bone. 
I mean, he was a turnover machine. He was uh, getting his ear chewed off every time he went to the sideline guy. His first year, maybe even a year What and a, a half. difference a year makes, right? But the thing is, yeah, you get that first year under your belt. It's a little trial by fire. And then you go into the offseason and you become a shadow of Rick Barnes. You understand why he does what he does and how he's doing. And if Vescovi... And and even I think I think they want to transition Josiah Jordan James into some point guard role. You see those two guys start picking that up. Uh, it could be a it could be a different dynamic on this basketball team. You know we talked a little bit last week about uh, Jordan Bowden coming back. I don't know where he goes. <laughs> I don't know. I think he makes the floor, but I'm just like, who do you push off the floor at this point? You know what I'm saying? It 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 would be a tough. That's why Rick Barnes makes that big money. He makes that don't go to UCLA money. If he, he comes uh, back, we got so much depth, we ought to just run people off the court. Well, I think you can outrun them with physicality. You know, I, I don't think anybody's going out. You know, overtire you because you should have the depth to be able to play with them. But you know, Boone, it's uh, it's one of those things when sports ain't talking, we got to talk about sports. But uh, let's take us a break. Listen to our fine sponsors, and when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about like greatest game you've seen in person. Uh, I think it's it's one of those conversations. I was watching some some historical games this weekend, and it just hit me like I was there, or I wasn't there, or I watched it on TV, or I was at my grandmother's house when I watched this. So I wanna I wanna kind of dive into that that kind of greatest game. Are you gonna let me go all the way back to the World's Fair? Well, I know you got a lot more options than I do. <laughs> well, let's just put it that way. But anyway, we'll talk about that on the flip. You're listening to the grind, hundred point nine FM, eight fifty AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be right back. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, Visit SalvationArmyUSA.org. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. 
El Jimador Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m., Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Jimador offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimador Mexican Grill, located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimador Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner as we grind it out here on a Monday edition. Monday is the first, well, it's not the first day of the week, but it is the first show day of the week. So, Boone kind of gave a little teaser as we went out talking about what we were going to talk about as we come out of the break. And, And I think this is a fun one to do because I'd like to see if anybody wants to call in Again, give us our give us your thoughts on uh, what is the greatest game ever witnessed in person. It can either be at Neyland Stadium or if you went to a road game or a bowl game or, or what have you. Uh, but it's got to be Tennessee. Uh, I might pose this same question to uh, to Mister McIntyre, but his his will obviously get the opportunity to be a little bit more broad because he's a he's a West Virginia fan and a Tennessee fan, and then he's a big Pittsburgh fan. So. Uh, I'll let you go first. Again, uh, uh, the archives are deeper at the Boone at the Boone Place, and uh, and I'm just interested to see one what the game is, and then two, how did it become, or what makes it the the greatest that you've seen in person. 1982, I was over there working on graduate school courses, and World's Fair came to town. Relatives would call up course being a student there I saw everything around me and I would take them on the little tour it was only a few months after that Wayno and Bear Bryant had totally dominated us they had beat us 11 years in a row and he came over there and that hound's tooth cap he leaned against that pole and I was just totally awed by him the the charisma I had talked to uh, coaches who had gone to clinics, and they said when he walked in the room, you know how coaches are. They run that mouth, talking and 
caught up in the plays with each other. He took one step in that room, and they said, it's like the charisma of Bear Bryant was so strong, it sucked all the noise. Everybody, you could hear a pin drop. And I said, well, why was it? And they said, just just the way he was, the things he said, the sound of his voice. But Bear came over there, and I was fortunate enough with my tickets, student tickets, to be right there on the 50-yard line. And it was the first time that we beat Alabama. Bear Bryant went up, and the players held Johnny Majors up and walked to the center of the field. And he truly had a very happy expression on his voice. And I read later in the papers, he said, Johnny, I'm proud of you. This is for you. This is all your moment. You outcoached me. And Johnny had a million-dollar smile on his face. Uh, we're talking uh, the big plays. Uh, Andre Kramer was a defensive back. Uh, the running backs, Johnny Johnny Jones, J.J. 33, right? Yep. And he, he broke some long – he broke a long run, and he changed directions two or three times. And we weren't going to win, and we were way behind, and we kept coming back and coming back. And uh, their quarterback was Walter Johnson, a super good quarterback. And he took them all the way down to the 10-yard line, and, and they were throwing into the end zone one or two plays, and we knocked the ball away. And the place went total pandemonium. But it was so big, Wayno, because we just assumed, man, we're never going to beat this guy. He's got our number every year. And we started to run on him. In fact, uh, we got him the next year, and we started our own little winning streak there. But Didn't we beat him nine, nine in a row there in between the, the late 80s, early 90s? Yeah, it was unbelievable because Bear uh, – may have been the later 90s because I know they won it in 92. I think Bear died like in January of maybe 83, and he always – said without really knowing it's going to be a prophecy that he was going to coach until he died. But uh, Johnny even, uh, he, he tried to figure out everything it took to win, and he called Bear Bryant up one time, and uh, Bear allowed him to come observe a practice. What Johnny didn't know until later is Bear kind of pulled back the horses, and he made it look just a, like a casual scrimmage, and he wouldn't show him any of the really uh, the secrets that, that he had that, was total domination over us <laughs> but uh that's mine wayne and it, it was the most exciting game i had ever been to up to that point and it, it was uh it's hard to describe the joy because i had witnessed on on tv and in person those those losses and uh, alabama just just got a little bit thin on his personnel and we had a lot of guts and want to and we just we outplayed them that's an awesome – that's a good pick. That's a great pick. Uh, mine, Mine's a little bit more recent, and it's not because – and, and a, a lot of games kind of vied for this because, again, the game when we finally – you know, after Steve Spurrier kind of got South Carolina rolling and we couldn't seem to get him, we, you know, the kick, and it was – you know, it, it was – we wore the all-orange and we got that kick that, that finally beat him, you know. That and the goalpost marching down Cumberland and the – Oh, CBS that, camera somewhere in Tennessee River. Oh no, that was in '98. I'm talking about at South Carolina. Oh, when, when okay, we, Carolina. When we, had, when we had the kick that beat him. No, I wasn't there in '98. I was uh, 11 uh, at that point and just hadn't made it to a game yet. But but uh, no, I saw that one on TV. Uh, but but here's the the gig. Like 
me being at a game, like I said, I, I've had uh, in I think it was '07 or '08 when when Georgia came in hotly touted and we beat them like 56 to 14. I took a Georgia fan with me and then turned him by the end of the game. By the end of the game, he was rooting for Tennessee, and so that's a big moment in my sports kind of fandom. I was um, at a Boone family reunion, the same game. That was huge. I, I mean, it just it kind of thumped. Oh, Ugga had an opportunity, and we thumped on Ugga's head. But I, you know, I was there when we beat when we beat Spurrier that last time. Uh, you, you know, uh, and there was a lot of coolness there. Uh, I was there, you know, or I was watching uh, when we beat Will Muschamp for the first time because for whatever reason, I just can't stand that guy. But the game I picked, and I've got an honorable mention that I'll mention here in a minute, but uh, the game I picked was 2016 Tennessee-Florida. Uh, we're in the Smoky Grays. Uh, you know, we're, we're sitting there, and I'm like, all right, all right. They're, they're, you know, right for the picking. We've got Josh Dobbs. We've got Juwan Jennings. We've got all these pieces, and we're going we're gonna to have us a good day. And, and I'm there, and through the first, I don't know, 30 minutes of the game, uh, we're we're wasting opportunities and wasting away and and doing our thing and 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 Laura and I get up and leave because it's blazing hot in there and I'm like it's it, this game's not that good for me to be this mad third week of September and and I'm sitting here and we get up and we're walking and all of a sudden they come back out and I'm I remember I remember it like it was yesterday I remember that's a that's a Neilanism. Uh, <laughs> I remember where I was, I, you, you know, coming off the south end zone, you know, on the upper deck, you kind of pale down and you, you kind of flatten out on the straight. And there's all the bathrooms, there's the lower ramp, you know, you're coming around, there's like that vol shop thing right there. And I remember them coming back out and I'm like, Laura, let's watch this first series. Maybe, maybe they'll turn it around because I was hopeful. I always, you always, the way Florida's partitioned in our season, we always normally go in there hopeful. And so I'm like, let's go out this this shoot here right before we're going to go down. Let's step out and watch this this second half start. And we come out and we we don't do a great job in the in the first series. But something told me, just hang out. Are you on the ramp or still seated? So I'm in the north end zone now, upper deck, just out at the ramp. And uh, of course the the ushers are doing a great job, and they're like, hey, you can't you can't be in the walkway. Da 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 da. So anyway. We get it back, and then here comes the comeback, the, the wave that was. And, and the, the thing that makes this my favorite game is, one, because Laura was right there with me, but two, is the fan base willed that team to win. When they came out in the second half, the reason I stuck around was because everybody else in that place was there, and they believed. And, you know, I'm standing there, and here all of a sudden – you know, we turn them over. Then all of a sudden, the Jawan Jennings burning T's Tabor, and he's tiptoeing the sideline running to the end zone, which, by the way, would have been my end zone that I could have seen, but I'm on the other end of the field right That's now. The, uh, that was the pass them flat to Jennings, and he threw it back to Dobbs, right? No, no, no. This is when they hit him over in, in kind of the, the flat there, and then he kind of tiptoes the sideline and outruns that defensive back. Kind of, you know, that's always been the burn moment. You know, and actually, Jawan Jennings said the other day uh, – that the catch at Georgia was number two to that catch because of all the trash T's Tabor talked that week. So anyway, uh, so I'm there and here comes the comeback. Then Josh Smith catches the one across the middle. Then we do all these different things. And then, and then it's like a wave. Every time Florida had the football, we were going to be as loud as we could. I'm not sure that, that there wasn't, you know, 
seismic shifts outside Neyland Stadium because that place, every time Appleby was their quarterback's name, every time he had the football, he never just walked up to the line, said his piece, and went went with the play. He was always like grabbing that ear like, I can't hear, I can't hear. And so that would just ramp that crowd up just that much more and just that much more. And so I'm standing at this point, second half, third quarter, what have you. I think we go into the fourth quarter, uh, maybe maybe up at that point. But I'm standing there, and all of a sudden, here comes one of the ushers because I had m- moseyed my way out uh, to to the, the walkway. And she goes, you can't stand there. And uh, this guy from across the way, another fan, ran over, and he goes, me and him has been standing here since this comeback started. You can't make us sit down. It'll change things. And I'm just like, I'm going to go with it because otherwise I'm going to have to leave. And so she goes, okay. And she said, just stay out of the walkway. Just step up and stay out of the walkway. And so we do. We're, we're down 28 points at 24. half time. 24, I think. That's the game I lost my phone. I got so excited to go home and finish it. <laughs> I lost my phone, fell out of my car. Oh, wow. And, and so I'm standing there, and, and, and we literally, we've got the crossed arms, nerve to the gills. Like dads in baby waiting rooms don't look as nervous as me and this cat did. And uh, so I'm sitting here, and I guess I need to hurry up. But uh, and, and we're just going through this motion, and all of a sudden we get the lead, and, and then here comes some Florida fans. They had kind of done what I did in the first half. They were leaving, and they stand there, and we have a conversation, and they're humans. Like, they're, they're some of the few human Florida fans that I know. Most of them have a – they don't know before Steve Spurrier. They think that's when Florida football started, which in, in all successful realms, that's true. But, uh, but anyway, uh, we had conversation. He's like, you know, you're going to get us this year. This is, this, is, this is your year. And I'm like, you don't speak that. You don't do that. We've been here too many times. You will jinx us. Be quiet. So anyway, we're going on, and, and all of a sudden, us having that conversation, here comes another usher. So I just want to know whoever trains these ushers at Neyland Stadium, they were on their game that day. So anyway, another usher comes over and goes, you guys can't be standing in the walkway. Boone, I didn't get a word out of my mouth until that other usher lady ran over and said, they've been here since the whole comeback. They have to stay. And I just went, it's going to happen. We're going to do this thing. And we go on to beat them, and it's a great moment. There's coasters that we had made in our house that have that score on on the on on the the coaster. It's just it's a moment that uh, it, it just you couldn't you. I was ten feet tall and bulletproof leaving Neyland Stadium right there because finally the monkey was off our back. Florida was defeated, and Tennessee didn't have to. The next year, it's been this many years since Florida won. It's been this many years since Florida won. And, and you know, that just means – that meant everything, and, and, and I can't wait till it happens again. But honorable mention, as we uh, as we kind of head on out of here, is uh, uh, I'd like to, to put out there um, Battle at Bristol. I went. I had the opportunity to go, uh, and it was a great game. And, and it was a big matchup because of, of some of the, the implications that – that, that Virginia Tech and, and the ACC and all of those things had uh, going for it, but uh, I just couldn't I couldn't pick a game that wasn't played in Neyland. My honorable mention would be the Peach Bowl in the, the early 80s. Uh, great. We're, we're always saying SEC games. Have you noticed that way? No. That's what means more. That's what the sign says. It just means more. But you know what means more? Heading on out and letting Swain have it for a few hours. But we'll be back tomorrow. You don't want to miss it. Take care.
Be safe, and yes, grind on.